This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. This segment is all about choosing a credit counselor. Key questions that you want to ask. So if you're thinking about contacting or or getting some debt help uh, from a professional, we're going to talk about the main differences in debt services that you see advertised as well. We're going to learn some key questions to ask before choosing a credit counselor to work with. So Blair, can you explain some of the different debt help professionals offering services to people right across the country? With pleasure. You know, there's a lot of really confusion that's out there and it's really tough because when people are are facing a debt situation, they often feel overwhelmed trying to understand the resources they have, where they can go for qualified debt advice and solutions, you know, who to believe, you know, what seems to be good to be true, but seems too good to be true, but actually is uh, what seems too good to be true and and is actually a scam. So there's a ton to consider when you're deciding who is best positioned to help you with your debt. Uh, And it's also on top of any other financial stress that you're coping with. So it's usually the debt problem is not in isolation. It's probably because there's been an income interruption, maybe health or a job loss. Uh, Maybe there's a relationship breakdown, uh, maybe some other illnesses in the family. Uh, So it can be really tough. There can be some hesitations about talking openly about your situation to somebody who's essentially a stranger. Um, So it's important to know the differences in debt services before you start to speak with someone who's offering credit counseling or debt settlement services. And there's also some key questions that you definitely should ask before you proceed with anything. Um, There's a lot of different names for for the type of remedies that are out there, but there's three main types of professionals that offer to to help consumers in Canada. Um, The first is a licensed insolvency trustee, and that's ourselves at Sands and Associates, and we are Canada's only federally regulated debt health professionals, fully qualified and endorsed to provide debt advice and services to customers. Um, A licensed insolvency trustee is going to give you unbiased help in understanding and helping you weigh the pros and cons of a range of options to deal with your debt. And if you choose to go forward with a legal debt solution that's sanctioned again under Canadian law, it's, you know, guaranteed um, parameters, um, they're going to help you do that and manage all of your communications with your creditors on your behalf. Uh, second type of a professional is a credit counselor. And you've probably seen a lot of advertisements out there. Um, in Canada, a credit counseling agency can be a private company or a not-for-profit organization. But it's important to know anybody can call themselves a credit counselor at any time. There's no specific training or education required to call yourself a credit counselor or to start performing these services. Uh, Typically what a credit counselor will do, and I don't want to tar everyone with the same brush, there are certainly reputable credit counselors that are out there, and the most reputable ones that that what they will do is they'll work on informal plans, so you know, outside of what the law provides, but informal plans where for a fee, they're going to try to help you manage your debts, give you some financial coaching, 
coaching, resources around budgeting uh, and managing your money. So in some cases, if someone just has, you know, some minor budgeting help that they need, a credit counselor could be a good place to go picking a reputable, experienced agency. Uh, the third category of professionals, uh, I've called them just in general debt consultants, but they often don't refer to themselves that way. There's many titles in Canada and they might work as part of individual agents or as part of a for-profit company. And again, they're not legally required to have any specific trainings or qualifications. Uh, there's two main services a debt consultant will offer to provide. Uh, one is to try to negotiate a lump sum settlement, you know, maybe pennies on the dollar for some debt that you've had been kicking around. And if you pay their fee and start to work with them to save that lump sum settlement, um, they promise that they're going to get you a good result, but there's really no way to hold them accountable after you've paid the fees. Uh, the second way a debt consultant often operates is they look a whole lot like a licensed insolvency trustee and what they're advertising is a consumer proposal, but they're going to charge you sometimes it's at $1,000 to $4,000 to eventually introduce you to a licensed insolvency trustee who's the only person that can actually help you with your problem and they just charge you money that you have no business, no right, no need to pay to them. Wow, that's it. Now, have that has that uh, debt consultant uh, category been around for a while where they're where they sort of mimic what a licensed insolvency trustee does, but then puts you on to one? It has, and unfortunately, it's growing because now there's just a lot more online advertising. As I go through my Facebook feed, I try not to do it because it just raises my blood pressure when I see all of these advertisements about government-sponsored programs, freeze the interest, pay back pennies on the dollar. And when you actually dig into it, what they are selling is a consumer proposal, but they can't file that proposal. All they can do is you know, explain everything to you, charge you a bunch of fees, saying they're going to get you the best outcome possible, um, and then work directly eventually with a licensed and solvency trustee that you could have met for free right from the start, save that money, save that headache, the entire thing. Wow. So interesting and so good to be aware of that. So uh, one more question before we sort of take a just a, a break and, and let people how, know how to get a hold of you. What's the first question that you recommend people ask a debt help professional uh, when they get a chance to connect with someone? I think the first training is what training or first question is what training or licensing do they actually have? Um, as a minimum, you should make sure they have a good standing with a legitimate provincial or national credit counseling association. Now, these are self-regulating bodies, not the same as the government regulating something, but at least it's something that's there. Uh, in the province of BC, you'd want to confirm that they are registered with Consumer Protection BC because any business based in BC that charges a fee to act for you or represent you to your creditors has to be licensed with Consumer Protection BC um, other than licensed insolvency trustees who are licensed, again, by the federal government across Canada, which, which takes precedence there. Uh, but what's really important to know is a lot of credit counselors, they're just operating virtually these days. They might be based anywhere in Canada. And if they're not a BC-based organization, you might have no recourse through Consumer Protection BC. Uh, you know, when they say that they're licensed, that just might mean that they have a business license, which anybody can get in about, you know, an hour just by applying through the city. Um, and even if they have a positive Better Business Bureau rating, that doesn't actually mean that you're dealing with a trained person. It just might mean that they're pretty good um, at getting people to, to leave them positive reviews. Um, and you also need to understand that not-for-profit doesn't mean no cost. There's going to be a cost to every debt plan that you do, and you need to have eyes wide open about that. And not-for-profit doesn't mean a government endorsement. It just means it's a, it's a specific structure of a business, nothing more than that. 
Okay. So before we talk about the key questions to ask when it comes to the services or plans being proposed, I want to suggest that if, if you're sitting there going, okay, I think I need some help in one, maybe just even understanding this uh, process and then getting and getting some help in doing that. And the best number is 1-800-661-3030. And that's a number for Sands and Associates. And they have offices all over British Columbia. Or if you'd like to check out their website, which is fabulous and filled with some great information, good questions, easy to understand answers, sands-trustee.com. Okay, so let's say we found somebody, they've said they're licensed or they've got training enough that you're convinced to go along with them. What are the key things you should ask when it comes to what they're being offered or, or their services or what kind of plan they've got for you? Mm -hmm. I think one great question you should ask very early on is how will they be paid for their credit counseling or other services? So it should never cost you anything to discuss your debt options and have a consultation, but anything you go forward with, there typically will be some costs along the way. You want to be really clear about what your monthly payments are getting you, uh, what out-of-pocket costs you're going to be charged, whether you're expected to pay any upfront fees before anything is going to be done on your behalf. Uh, for some examples, with some credit counselors, you're expected to pay for monthly monitoring. There could be consulting fees and other levies in addition to what you're expected to repay on your debts. Uh, even not-for-profit credit counselors charge administrative fees when you use their repayment program. So that's on top of what you're paying back to your creditors. What I think is so important for people to know as well is to understand, well, do you get any compensation from anywhere else? Um, and many not-for-profit credit counseling organizations, the bulk of their revenue, more than what paid back by the individual is the creditors who they're collecting on behalf of giving them a commission. So when you think about the not-for-profit credit counselor who you think is completely on your side, well, who's paying their salary on a monthly basis? It can be as much as 20% of the debt that you are repaying to the credit counselor. They get to keep as basically a kickback from the creditors that they're collecting on behalf of. So a lot of people are invisible to that sort of a dynamic. Uh, Ontario is the only province I know in Canada that has said, if you get payments from creditors um, to collect on a debt, you are a collection agency. So they've required not-for-profit credit counseling agencies, ones that are very active in BC, in the province of Ontario, to actually register as collection agencies. And I can imagine credit counselors would get a lot fewer calls if they were saying, yes, we're a not-for-profit credit counseling agency and collection agency, because that's what we actually do. So you really want to be clear, what are you paying, but also where is compensation coming from on any other side? I know at the end of the segment, you you t you ask or, or you give some great um, specific situations and needs so that you ask these questions and, and things to consider for yourself as well. Can we go through that list in the last uh, last couple of minutes that we've got? Because I think it's I think it's they're really simple things that you can go. OK, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Oh, yikes. I better do something different at this point. Oh, certainly. You know, you've got to keep your own specific situation and your needs in mind. So before you commit to anything, agree to it, sign any documents, you should ask yourself, am I going to be saving money once I add in the fees and the program costs? Is this going to be affordable to me or put me still in a tough situation? you want to be clear about which of my debts will this solution cover? Because if you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, it's going to cover all your government debts, your non-government debts, unsecured debts, just about everything under the sun. If you're not dealing with the trustee, any debts you have to the government, you're going to have to pay those separately and the government can still take steps against you. 
uh, you want to ask yourself, do I need or do I want protection from any of my creditors? Only a licensed insolvency trustee can stop somebody from suing you, um, can stop a lawsuit dead in its tracks if it's started, and can legally refrain anybody from calling you, harassing you, taking any action against you. So you want to understand, do you need that protection and are you going to get that if you're not working with a trustee? Uh, you want to understand what are your duties throughout the process? Is it just as simple as making a monthly payment? Are there some counseling? Are there things that you have to do to make sure that you're going to you know, come out the other side as a better um, financial citizen going forward? Uh, and do you understand all of the ins and outs, You know all the details, where the compensation comes from? And then sometimes it's a bit of a gut check. You know, Do you feel pressured? Do you feel sold? Is this something that you're completely comfortable with? Or do you feel that, man, this, this guy or this person on the phone is really pushing me towards an outcome and is not that concerned about what's in my best interest. Uh, that's what we're so proud of at Sands and Associates is everyone that comes to see us, they're met with dignity, with empathy, with respect. Um, the same way we would treat a close member of our family facing a debt problem is the way we try to approach all of our interactions with each client. And I just want to throw in again, a licensed insolvency trustee is federally regulated. So you have rules, rules, and more rules mm -hmm. of how you have to go about uh, the business of helping somebody. That's right. And there's a dispute resolution mechanism. All of those things that I said were absence with an informal credit counseling solution, they're built into working with a trustee. To get a hold of somebody, 1-800-661-3030 is the number to call or their website, sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. If you're worried about debt, here's what it does and doesn't help to solve the problem. Mistakes not to make in dealing with debt and what to do instead. That's what this segment is all about. We all know debt can be very frustrating and pretty overwhelming. And Blair's going to explain that loads and loads of people end up deeper in debt trying to deal with the issue on their own. And that's the cool thing about Sands & Associates is that you can sit down with someone and they will help you figure out the next best steps for your very, very specific issue or situation. As Blair is, he's going to explain what are some of the most common mis mistakes that he warns people about when it comes to dealing with their debt. Take it away, Blair. Yeah, well, thank you, Elena. I'm thrilled to, to talk about this today because, you know, it's forewarned is forearmed and a whole lot of folks that I see, they just wish they had some good insight early on. They might have taken a different approach rather than making some of the mistakes that we're going to talk about. But it's also the fact that when we borrow money, you know, to a person, everybody that I've met when they borrowed money, they intended to pay it back. So they never really gave that much thought about what's the downside, what are the implications if I'm not able to pay this debt back, if things don't go according to plan. Uh, there can be a whole lot more to debt than it otherwise seems. And there's a lot of reactions to a debt problem or some strategies that you think you're doing the right thing to pay off the debt that seem beneficial, but might have some serious risks or some unintended consequences. Um, so a couple of common areas that I see people consistently uh, make poor decisions on um, is one of them is you need to, if you find yourself in debt, you have to stop making your debt a bigger problem. So the old adage that if you find yourself in a hole, what's the first thing you do, well, you should stop digging. Um, and the first thing is what most people often do when they find themselves in debt 
is they try to solve it with more borrowing. So they end up getting more credit or more debt. And in some cases, this is something like a balance transfer or consolidating with a line of credit, um, a loan. And in some cases, that can be a solution depending on the severity of the situation. But there can be some real challenges with this. So a big problem with consolidating debt um, is being eligible for borrowing at a low interest rate without giving a major asset or a cosigner, which you don't want to do either of those. And we'll talk a bit more lately. Um, and being able to afford the monthly payment, that can be a challenge. So a lot of people think, well, I've got really high interest debt. Let me just go get a consolidation loan. I'll be paying it all back, but at least at a lower interest rate. But it can be very tough to qualify for the best types of these loans. So sometimes what happens is folks end up with a payday loan or a fast cash, an instant loan, something along those lines. And these are the worst types of debts to get into. I was just speaking with someone yesterday, and it was a 50% interest rate um, on their balance that they had. Every dollar that they were spending each month uh, was basically going just to service the interest. And they would have been in this debt for a very, very long time. And what we find is if someone ends up with a payday loan or again, a fast cash or instant loan where it's very high interest, they usually don't end up with just one. They end up with a cycle where they pay one payday loan back and take a second one because now they're short. And sometimes there's upwards of 10 payday loans that can be outstanding at once. And the objective here of how the person started this borrowing was just to try to get on top of their, their debt situation. They tried to borrow more either to consolidate or to make payments on other debts. So be very careful uh, if your answer is to borrow more from a third party, but also be very careful if you're gonna be borrowing from family or friends or accepting some co-signed credit where the bank will only approve you for consolidation if you get somebody else to be responsible to sign on the dotted line as well as a co-signer. And our advice is that creating a legal responsibility for others through a debt restructuring arrangement is almost never a good idea. What you're doing is putting both you and the other person at financial risk, and oftentimes it puts the relationship at risk too. Uh, so if you're not able to meet your regular household expenses um, and your debt payments without turning to more borrowing, so if the only way you can solve a problem is to, is to get into more debt, that's a significant sign of a debt problem that means you should reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee as soon as possible. Wow, that, that 50% for a payday loan, that just threw me. I, it's hard to imagine. It seems absolutely criminal that an organization would charge somebody that kind of interest rate, Blair. Just, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, you know, you get desensitized a little bit over, over the years, but what I always love too is when we actually look at, well, what are you paying on that payday loan? And then when we structure a consumer proposal and the proposal to deal with all of the debts is often less than just that payday loan payment, you know, that that's a huge relief for a person. So oh, um, the yeah. worst thing is just to stay trapped in, in that situation. And, you know, that's another big pitfall that, that people make is they isolate themselves or they let mm -hmm. the blame and shame of the situation hold them back. And, you know, we don't encourage anybody to share a legal obligation for their debt. So don't get people involved formally, but it doesn't mean you should isolate yourself from the people that care about you and that can support you because being in debt can feel very scary. People can feel alone and overwhelmed. And from our research, people often feel very embarrassed and ashamed. They feel like they made some bad decisions. Maybe they're the only person going through this situation. So, uh, 
licensed insolvency trustees, myself and Sands and Associates, we encourage everybody to open up, to share what they're going through with someone in their life that really cares about them. It could be a spouse or a partner, close family member or a friend, uh, or if you need to reach out to a doctor or a counselor or your, or your province's health information line, you know, in BC, it you call 811 or visit healthlinkbc.ca, you really need to prioritize your health and your emotional well-being also. Excellent. And I want to throw in a note here too. If you already know uh, that you're in or sort of entering into this kind of situation where, where you're starting to isolate yourself and you don't know what to do and there's shame and blame all attached to that stuff, give Sands and Associates a call and set up that, that, that consultation, that first consultation. They'll listen to you and work out everything that you could possibly uh, want to work out and answer all of your questions and then figure out if, what the next best steps are. And the phone number again is 1-800-661-3030. Blair, is there, what else is there that you generally suggest people avoid uh, that, it, that it more than likely is just going to make the problem worse that we haven't touched mm -hmm. on yet? Yeah, a couple of things. So, you know, just one last point on getting personal support is you need to be careful who you're getting financial advice from. So you definitely need to ensure, you know, even accountants, lawyers, financial advisors, many are not skilled in understanding every all the ins and outs about debt. So be careful about a well-meaning friend or family member or someone who thinks they have a solution for you. You want moral support, but for the actual technical debt solution support, you want to go to the experts. Now, a couple of other big problems that people can, can bring upon themselves or bad choices to make. Uh, a simple thing is what we're, we're terming here using your, or sorry, compromising your long term to resolve what can be a short term debt problem. And the big headline here is leave your assets alone. So always check in with a licensed insolvency trustee before you decide to sell off some assets to pay your debts, because you can inadvertently risk creating a bigger problem for yourself um, and really compromising your future. And the biggest one that I see here is about cashing in RRSPs. So it's less frequent now than it was in the past, but I still see people where they decide, you know, I've got a bunch of debt, I've got all this retirement money I've been saving, you know, I'm going to lose that money anyway, the creditors could take it from me. So I'm just going to voluntarily collapse my RRSPs and use it to pay down my debt. You don't have to do that. You should never do that. The assumption where um, someone is going to lose their RRSPs for debt is just plainly false. It's impossible for someone to have their RRSPs seized to pay debt. Even if someone files for a bankruptcy, they're not required to surrender their RRSPs. And what happens if you choose to voluntarily cash in your RRSPs is that that money is taxable. It's added to your income in this year. So there might be some tax withholdings uh, held back. So you might not get everything that you think you're going to get. But then next year, you're probably going to have a significant tax bill. So not only did you compromise your retirement, you've also bought yourself now a tax liability you're going to have to deal with. So it's never a good idea to cash in RRSPs to pay debt. And if you're considering that, stop now, do your research, have a chat with a trustee and understand that that's a protected asset um, that you should never have to compromise for debt. Uh, a second big thing we encourage people to avoid is don't ignore the problem, but also don't assume that it has no solution. So debt is one of those problems where if you ignore it, it doesn't get better on its own. It often just gets worse because of the interest and missed payments and, and credit notations and things like that. Um, but some people can really feel frozen with inaction. They can think, well, there's no solution. So they're worried every day, but they're just continuing to throw minimum monthly payments on credit card interest or they're borrowing 
repaying, borrowing, payday loans, but oftentimes things do escalate to a crisis point. So it's always best to act as early as possible. Whenever you feel worried about your debt, uh, reach out for help and trust your gut because the takeaway from this is that you do have solutions, you do have options, and a trustee is the person that can help you execute all of those options. What about just making a minimum payment on our debts? It, does that make any sense, Blair? Well, in some cases it does, but you have to be very careful because minimum payments are really not designed to get you out of debt and it can lead you to a false sense of security. So I often overhear people saying, well, you know what, I'm making minimum payments. You know, that's okay. My credit rating looks fine. But a couple things, you know, first off, are you actually able to afford those minimum payments in your budget or are you slipping further and further into debt that your debts are going up each month, you're making minimums, but you're having to consistently access new credit. Um, but also the idea is that you're making the minimum payments, you're not going to be debt free in a very, very long time. So if you look at something like even a small purchase of $240, if you had interest costs of 19.99%, which is a pretty standard credit card interest cost, you know, that would take two and a half years to pay off. And that $240 purchase would end up costing you $309. So you know, that's a lot. And that's just for a very small payment. Blair, what are some of the other actions that people should take if they're dealing with a potential debt problem? Well, the biggest thing, Elaine, is that you really can't count on having some miracle happen. You know, winning the lottery is not a strategy, something falling from the sky. You need to get a plan and you owe it to yourself to get debt help. So people are very focused on what they owe the banks and the credit card companies and everything. But what do you owe yourself? You owe yourself the ability to live without the stress of debt, the ability to wake up every day with some optimism and not feel as though the world is closing in on you because you owe some money. So what people should do if they find themselves dealing with a with this potential debt problem is to connect for a free confidential consultation with a licensed insolvency trustee. So any licensed insolvency trustee will meet with you for free, no obligation, everything confidential, talk about your situation and give you some advice. And some of the classic reasons why you'd reach out to a trustee is if you're feeling stressed about your debt. If you're just able to afford the monthly payments, the minimums, and not anything more than that, if you're seeing your debt balances remain almost the same every month, even though you make payments, and if you're using credit to cover your regular costs of living, those are all indications you'd really benefit from speaking with an expert like a licensed insolvency trustee. I think it's all about getting advice and getting a plan to be debt-free. And Sands & Associates is the place to go for both of those things. So book your free, confidential, non-judgmental debt consultation today. The phone number, 1-800-661-3030, or visit their website, sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about the fact that you owe it to yourself to get debt help. Um, if you're one of so many people struggling with debt these days and it feels never ending, know that you're not alone and there's options. So what we're going to do is go through a bunch of really good ideas that will hopefully, hopefully help you gain some confidence to learn more. We're going to talk with Blair Manton, of course, president of Sands & Associates, which, just in case you didn't know, is BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees. So, Blair, can you start by talking a little bit about Sands & Associates, what you do, and who you help? 
Well, certainly, Elaine. And I'm so happy with today's segment because, you know, just the title, you owe it to yourself to get debt help. I've been dealing with clients for more than 15 years as a licensed insolvency trustee, and everyone's always focused on what they owe to their creditors, what they owe to the government. But what I try to get my clients to understand is you, you have some obligations to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get help with your problems. You owe it to yourself to be there for your family. So sometimes that means, you know, actually letting your creditors down and putting yourself first. So what we do at Sands and Associates really simply, we help with debt. So when someone has more debt than they're comfortable with, and that can be different for a number of people, but where debt starts to become a problem in somebody's lives, um, they can reach out to us at Sands and Associates, and we can help them figure out what are their options to move forward and get a fresh financial start. Uh, we were founded in 1990 and celebrating our 33rd year in business, uh, just coming up on, on April 1st here. Um, so really thrilled um, to be, have been providing services to BC residents for that length of time. And we now serve the entire province. So upwards of 25 offices and just about every uh, small, medium, large community in the province here. But a lot of our clients, they're meeting with us remotely, either telephone, video, Zoom, or, or whatever. Uh, we're able to help people on their terms. Uh, what's really important to know when you're dealing with with a trustee like Sands and Associates is a licensed insolvency trustee is the only professional that's government regulated and endorsed by the federal government to help you understand what all of your legal options are to deal with your debt. So day in, day out, we meet with individuals, we help them understand their options, make informed decisions, and then we help them implement those decisions um, to help them get a financial fresh start. Uh, the types of people that reach out to us, they might have a very dire and urgent situation. You know, their wages are being seized, they're being sued, you know, people are at the door taking their assets away. But quite often, it's less severe than that. It's just someone that realizes, hey, I'm not making financial headway. Uh, I'm making all my payments each month, but the balances don't go down. Um, I'm concerned because I had an income interruption and I had to use credit. And now that balance is getting out of control. Uh, or sometimes people just want some general information on what are your rights and your remedies just so they're better informed and can help themselves or maybe help someone in their life that might be struggling. Uh, when you reach out to Sands and Associates, you have the right to have certain expectations and we deliver on these day in and day out is that when you discuss your debts with a professional like ourselves, you're going to be treated with dignity and with respect. You're going to talk to someone who's qualified, who's going to take the time to understand your situation, understand your needs and your concerns, because every situation is different. And beside, you know, behind every debt problem, there's a family, there's a whole situation, there's a whole life there that we want to take into account. And you'll have a conversation with someone who generally, genuinely cares and wants to give you the solutions and the supports that you need without judgment. Now, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that folks everybody, people in general, often have a very difficult time or delay in getting that debt help. And the cool thing about Sands & Associates, if you haven't been with us on the show uh, in a while or ever, uh, Sands & Associates creates a great deal of data from the people that they talk to. And as a result of that, you've got some great facts that I think will help anybody who's not quite sure of what their next step should be or how difficult a situation they're in. So let's talk about your fabulous debt study. 
Yeah. So every every year, Elaine, as you said, we get some just really rich insights from our client base. We reach out to people, ask them to you know, help us understand the journey they were on, what they were facing when they reached out, and then also what happened. You know, how satisfied were they with the with the results of, of their procedure, and how is life now? Um, and what we found, one of the the constant um, you know findings of the study over the last ten years is that only five percent of people reach out for help right away. So people know they have a debt problem, they're feeling various things, but 95% of the time, uh, they don't reach out for help at the first instance where, you know, they tend to suffer and sometimes it's for up to two years. And when we ask people, you know, what was that like when you knew you had a debt problem, but you weren't actually reaching out for help? Uh, the numbers here are just sobering. It's 70% of people said that they felt overwhelming stress. Uh, four in five people, slightly higher than that, um, said they worried constantly about their debt. Uh, three quarters of people said their debt stress caused them significant anxiety and roughly one in seven people, and this has ranged from about one in five to one in seven people, depending on the year of the study, actually said that they were considering suicide just based on all the stress and the hopelessness they felt about their situation. Uh, a couple people described their reality to us, and this is them in their own words, saying collectors called at all hours, multiple times a day. They were a constant reminder of failure and they were mean about it too. Um, another person said, I felt guilty and worthless. I was afraid to answer my phone and the stress was terrible. I was afraid collections would have cost me on the street. So the, the insights that people give us, we understand that when you're in debt, um, it's not a problem you can just put away and think about a few minutes a day. It can consume your life. Um, and we find that people just typically delay. They don't reach out for help as soon as they know they have a problem and they suffer for just too long. If you're in that category that you already know that you need to take some action, I'm going to give you the phone number for Sands & Associates. It's a 1-800 number, 661-3030, or go to the website at sands-trustee.com. And in the last three minutes or so of this segment, Blair, can we talk about the common roadblocks uh, that folks have in getting that debt help that, that we can really help them move past right now? Yeah. So in our, in our research, what people say primarily is they wanted to manage the debt on their own and they tend to feel, you know, it's my debt, it's my problem, it's my responsibility to resolve the situation. Um, and that can be difficult if there's just not a solution that you can actually resolve on your own. Sometimes the situations are so severe that you actually do need the help of a professional. You need the help of Canadian law that was written to help you in these tough times. But sometimes people are just so reluctant. They say, you know, I got myself into this. I'm going to get myself out of it. Uh, you know, along with that is a lot of self-blame. So a lot of people say, you know, and this is a quote, I was too ashamed to admit I needed help, let alone to ask for it. So people just, there's a stigma around debt about owing money. You know, you see everybody living these great lives online on social media. You don't know what their credit card balances are and they might be worse than yours. Um, but people tend not to talk about their financial um, challenges. They'll only talk about their financial successes. Um, sometimes people just have misinformation about the situation. So sometimes I have people come in to say, you know, I'm not even sure why I'm here. I know you guys can't solve the problem. I owe the government money and I know no one can do anything about that. And I say, well, hold off. This is actually what we do every single day. We can help with government debt. Um, so you'd be amazed the number of misconceptions that are out there, the things that sound like they're true, but actually have no basis in fact whatsoever. And we know that in general, people have the best of intentions when they take out a debt, but life can happen. And there are a lot of things outside of our control um, to the extent that we think a money problem could happen to anybody at any time. And it's not a sign of a moral failure by having to reach out to ask for help. 
I like the, uh, or not like it, but I really appreciate um, the confidence that you give people when you say, if you think you have a problem, you do. You're absolutely right. And now's the time to take some action. And then I feel like that's a bit of a freeing statement for folks who are hesitant and not sure. It's like, oh, actually, if I think I do, I must. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to take action to, to work on that or, or fix it or get some support around it. Well, exactly, Elaine. It's not the case. You have to wait until things are so bad. You're getting 20 collection calls a day. They're calling your employer, calling your relatives, all of that. It's if you're feeling that anxiety, that that, sense of hopelessness, you're just not sure where you're going with your finances and debt is the culprit, that's the time to reach out for help. Um, And as the title of the segment says, you owe it to yourself. You're going to be able to move forward once you can actually get this problem sorted. And if you don't deal with your debt problem, it's amazing how much it can hold you back and stop you from seizing the opportunity opportunities that you want or moving forward with major life milestones. Uh, What we're committed to at Sands and Associates, it's a judgment-free zone. So whatever shame or blame you might be putting on yourself, it's not going to be reflected back to you by one of our debt health professionals here at Sands. We know money problems can happen for a variety of reasons at just about any time, as I said. And what we're really driven by is let's give you the information, but in a supportive, non-judgmental context so you can feel confident and actually take some positive steps to deal with your debt and get that financial fresh start. Check out their website at sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. In this segment, it's all about consolidating debt. After consolidating your debt with a consumer proposal, what are the next steps? What do you need to know? Uh, It's a good question to ask. We know or we're learning that consumer proposals are one of the best ways a person can consolidate and cut their debt without borrowing or added costs. Well, Blair's going to explain the process after you filed that consumer proposal and you've become debt free. So let's start just a little bit before that, Blair. Can you explain a little bit about a consumer proposal, what it is and how the process works? With pleasure. So a consumer proposal, I've often said, you know, it's the most powerful debt management tool that you may never have heard of. But I almost need to to revisit that a little bit because more and more consumers are becoming aware of this great option. It's to the point where upwards of 90% of people that see a licensed insolvency trustee in the province of BC actually file a consumer proposal instead of a personal bankruptcy uh, because it is just that attractive of an option to restructure your debts. So what a proposal is, is it allows you to consolidate all of your debt together. It doesn't require you to borrow anything. So it's a non-borrowing consolidation option and it allows you to cut your debt down to what you can afford to repay. So each proposal is unique, but some people are able to repay as little as 20% or maybe up to 50% of their debt uh, over a period of up to five years. And what happens with that balance that is unpaid is it is legally discharged or legally eliminated at the end of your proposal. There's no additional interest charges, no administration costs, and a consumer proposal is almost always your most affordable debt reduction option. It's certainly going to be cheaper than a consolidation loan where you have to borrow the full amount of the debt that you owe and pay some interest on top of it. It's also going to be significantly cheaper than working with a credit counselor because at best with a credit counselor, you'd get zero interest, but you would still have to repay all the debt in full. Whereas in a consumer proposal, you get zero interest 
and you just repay what you can afford to repay. So how do you access a consumer proposal is you connect with a licensed insolvency trustee. You don't need any type of referral. You don't need to pay any upfront fees. And the types of debts you can include in a proposal uh, is essentially just about any debt that you can incur. So virtually all types of debt, including credit cards, payday loans, overdrafts, lines of credit, even tax debt or serve over payments, student loans, ICBC debt, and more. Um, people often ask, well, what if I have a mortgage or a car loan? Can I still do a consumer proposal? And you absolutely can. You can just continue to pay the mortgage, continue to pay the car loan. As long as you want to retain those assets, the house or the car, they can be unaffected by you filing a consumer proposal. And what happens once you filed a consumer proposal, it gets accepted by your creditors. And for the time the proposal is in force, it's for a maximum of five years, you have two obligations. One is to make the payments on the proposal. So again, it's usually a very affordable payment, significantly less than what you're paying now. And the other obligation is to attend two financial counseling sessions with the trustee or their counselor, helping you rebuild your credit, moving forward, setting good household budgets, financial goals. The idea that this becomes a financial transformation. You come out of the proposal owing nobody anything and ready to move forward with your life. Excellent. Now, if this already sounds good to you, listener, um, and you want to take some action right now, the best thing to do is give them a call. Uh, 1-800-661-3030. They have offices all over British Columbia. You can also check out their website at sands-trustee.com, and you can make that first consultation appointment through the website as well. And uh, however which way is the uh, most convenient for you and the office, of course. So, Blair, how long does it take to complete a consumer proposal and then have all your debt paid off? Is there a set, a set, set, a set of numbers there that we can look at? Well, certainly. So let's talk about the process. So after you've signed the proposal, like any proposal in life, it can either be accepted or rejected or, or modified. The vast majority of cases, proposals are accepted as filed. That's about 95% of cases. But your creditors have a 45-day period. So from the day you sign the proposal, your debts are frozen or crystallized. They essentially, they stop increasing at that point, And your creditors have 45 days in which they will vote back with the trustee. And they can either file a claim to vote to accept the proposal proposal. They could vote to reject the proposal. And in my experience, if they reject, it's usually with some counter offer. You know, maybe you offer 200 a month and they want 220 and you'll settle at 210, something along those lines. Um, but it's the case that in a proposal, all we need is 50% of your creditors by dollar value to accept the proposal. So if one of them wants to counter offer, but other creditors who have, say, 60% of your debt are fine with your original proposal, your original proposal will get accepted and all the creditors will be subject to the same terms, the same repayment. Uh, the reason why proposals are almost always accepted is because by a trustee filing a proposal, the trustee is signing off to the creditors. This is a win-win. It's in everyone's best interest for this proposal to proceed because the person gets to avoid a bankruptcy and you, creditor, end up with more money back than if the person had filed for bankruptcy. So more is generally better than less when it comes to debt repayment. And by offering creditors more money than what they would get in a bankruptcy, uh, they generally will vote to accept the proposal. 
Uh, the maximum length of time to pay off a proposal is 60 months or five years, but you can pay it in full at any time. So if the proposal is 200 a month and you want to be done more quickly, you can start paying 300 or even 400 a month if you're able to, and you'll get the proposal done, you know, in two thirds the time or half the time that you normally would. Uh, in some cases, a proposal can be for a shorter period of time or even for a single payment. Uh, we sometimes see proposals where someone, you know, got themselves into debt, family members really want to help them get out of debt, but thank thankfully they're reaching out to a trustee to help reduce the debt first, and then the family's going to help pay it off with a lump sum. So it could be a $20,000 debt, and you might reduce it in a consumer proposal down to $6,000. That could be paid at $100 per month over 60 months, or it could be a single payment of $6,000, again, if someone wants to help with, with a third-party lump sum payment. So proposals are very flexible. The maximum term is five years, but they can be as short as the person is able to make the payments. Okay. Now, is there anything else you want to add on that in that once, once that's done, can we move on to that? Because mm -hmm. I'm yeah. thinking, okay, I want to move forward. I want to get a credit card. I want to get some credit. I want to make some purchases because I can. Is there anything that's stopping me from doing that? No. So once you file a proposal, you can start rebuilding your credit right away. And certainly the day after you file a proposal, you're not going to be that great of a credit risk because if someone looks, well, hey, you just restructured all your debts yesterday. But the more time that passes, um, the more rebuilding that you do, people can successfully rebuild from a consumer proposal often very quickly. So what happens is when you file a proposal, it's noted on your credit report for the shorter of six years from the day that you sign it or three years from the day that it's paid off. So if it's a lump sum proposal, as we just talked about, you know, that would be on your credit report for a maximum of three years. It's not that something that's going to be there for the rest of your life. Uh, and then typically, if people take the right steps to reestablish credit, they can be getting new offers of credit almost as quickly as they're finished the proposal. Or even I've had people while they're in the proposal with very strong income, you know, be able to be getting significant offers of credit. And the, the answer is you've just got to start to use it responsibly so you avoid being in the same situation. Um, but, you know, essentially, you want to make sure when you finish the proposal, you You've gotten some counseling from Sands and Associates, and we're going to tell you to get copies of your credit report to make sure everything is accurate. You're going to want to pay all of your bills on time every month. And then usually kind of the training wheels approach to starting to rebuild your credit is you get a secured credit card. So a card where you put a deposit down, you have a card with a lower limit, and the best cards like that will report every month to the credit bureaus helping you to build those positive stories for credit. You can certainly recover from a consumer proposal credit rating impact and oftentimes much more quickly than you would assume. Your debt-free future could be closer than you think. You can get that plan to be debt-free, learn about the consumer proposals and debt solutions during that first confidential debt consultation from Sands & Associates. Visit their website, sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.